Hello and welcome. You're listening to Need to Know. When it comes to navigating college and beyond, there are just some things you need to know. Like, is college worth it? How do you deal with student loans? And how should you choose your major? That's where this podcast comes in. We're Christina and Michelle, the hosts for this podcast. Join us as we answer some of your biggest burning questions about college and debunk the myths about the application process. Hey, Michelle. Hi, Christina. So, Michelle, what are we talking about today? (laughs) Um, So, we're learning all about the skills that you need to know before leaving high school. Um, (laughs) I think everybody can kind of agree that American high schools, at the very least, leave you woefully underprepared for real-life situations that you're going to have to deal with just being an adult in the world. Um, You see memes about this all the time online. So, really, when it comes down to it, college is optional. We we have to establish the fact that college is technically an optional thing. It doesn't feel like it, but it technically is. So by the time that you leave high school, you should know everything that you need to get a job, get an apartment, and get a car on your own before you leave high school, because it is entirely possible that you may decide college is not for you, or even that somebody else may decide that. It's one of those, everybody should have this baseline knowledge as an 18-year-old, because that's what it takes to actually survive in the world. <laughs> would you agree with that? Uh, yeah, actually, I would. Yeah, because anywhere you go, you're going to need housing, right? You need a mm-hmm. roof over your head. Um, you need shelter. Um, and then you need to be able to fund that. And then you also need, I would say you also need basic cooking skills. Like you need to learn how to boil an egg. Right. right? Yes, like that's how right. But <laughs> that's not on our list. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we could, we could add that in there. But really, I mean, honestly, I kind of take it as a given. Everybody kind of knows that you're going to end up needing to cook for yourself and you're going to end up needing to um, do your own laundry kind of thing. Like in the back of your mind, you expect it. You're not looking forward to it sometimes, but you're expecting that to be a thing. The reason that I specifically say you have to be able to have a job, an apartment and a car, even though car you may not actually need, is because the skills that you need in order to get and maintain those things are things that you will use your entire life. Yes. And it's a really good benchmark. Yes, I fully agree with that statement. Yes. <laughs> um, so let's jump in. Um, we're not actually going to do a deep dive today into how exactly to do these things. Um, there's going to be resources in the show notes for you guys. I'm putting down there in terms of if you want to learn more of the finer points about how to rent an apartment, how that actually works, how the healthcare system in the United States works, things like that. We're going to talk about the, the actual list of things that you should make sure that you know before you leave high school so that you could actually be successful in the long run and not have that same sort of stumbling like, oh shoot, I messed up. I missed a rent payment. I, I, you know, got a loan that doesn't make sense for me. Like we're we're just kind of making it so that you understand the skills that you should need or that you will need rather when you leave high school. Yeah. Well, like basic items that will keep you functioning in society. Right. Um, So the first one on our lovely list is the super basic one that you just talked about with your meme, uh, and that is how to write a check. And it seems so, like, benign, like, why should I need to do this? It's 2019. It's, you know, we're just going to keep going into the future. Checks are not a thing. Um, Unfortunately, as an adult, they are very much a thing. (laughs) Um, It's one of those weird situations where you just need to be able to know how to do it because... A lot of institutions actually still only take check and they lag behind in a sense um, versus other institutions. 
So being able to write a check and read a check, I find is very important. Mm -hmm. And it's not complicated. You just need no, to know it's really how not. to write numbers and spell that out. But again, we're not telling you the details of how to do that. Mm -hmm. so there's plenty of resources on that. Um, but yes, Michelle this is the right. easiest thing on the list by far. Yeah. <laughs> it's more, more, more of what I wanted to convey to you guys today specifically is just why these kind of things are important and just give mm -hmm. you kind of the overview of what you can expect. So yeah. for writing a check, um, big part of the reason that you want to be able to do that actually has more to do with uh, getting an apartment on my list of job, apartment, car. Um, a lot of landlords specifically like taking checks every month um, because when you're dealing with credit card companies, if they're taking a credit card, the credit card company will take a, like a chunk of the money. So you may find that a lot of places still prefer either check or transfer. Um, and bank transfers is right in the same category. You also need to have, know how to do that because they don't end up taking a fee for the person that you're giving the check to, or you're giving the money to. Um, the next thing that you're going to want to do is how to do your own taxes. So this varies widely from country to country. Uh, the United States is infamous for having one of the worst tax systems in terms of you need to sit down and figure out how much you owe the government and how much the government owes you yourself. Um, <laughs> that's not the case in every country, fun fact. Um, there are plenty of countries, especially in Europe, where you basically just have the government go through and say, okay, we think you owe you this much. And then you just kind of double check and say, yeah, this is good. Would make a lot more sense to do it that way here. Um, but um, when it comes to doing your taxes, those are one of the things that you can never escape from. The IRS will hunt you down so fast if they think that you've done something wrong. Um, and also, it's a really good way to make sure that you're not paying more than you should, in a sense. Um, so just being able to understand the basics of how the tax bracket system works. There's this huge misconception in the United States, especially, where um, I've had somebody say, oh, I turned out a promotion because it would have brought me up to the next tax bracket and I wouldn't made more money anyway. And I just want to scream, that's not how that works. <laughs> um, because knowing how the marginal tax bracket works, if you understand that, you say, oh, okay, so I can move up a tax bracket. I'm only taxed on the amount that I make over that tax bracket kind of thing. It's one of those having a basic understanding can actually save you a lot of money and mean, means that you end up being able to make more and take charge of your finances. Mm -hmm. And I just want to add that I think that's only true if you're somewhere in like, I don't know, Europe where everyone gets slashed down to basically the same income level. But um, that's another story for another day. Keep going. I mean, marginal tax rates are actually fairly universal at this point. Um, so it's just one of those you need to find out the basic mechanics of how taxes work as an employee, um, you need to understand in the United States, for instance, what withholding is, why you should do that. You need to know the the, the specific um, standard deductions, like how much can you just take for living in a sense that you don't have to pay back in taxes. It, it's one of those, um, I'll have a link in the comments for more on mm -hmm. information about this, or not comments, description, but um, you're, you know, you really are going to need to know how to do that just so that you can make a really informed decision when dealing with things like promotions and whether or not you should spend your tax refund in a certain way or you should save it or like those those kind of situations. You really want to know how to do that. Um, and that goes right into managing your finances. We are not going to go into a full how to manage your finances episode. Um, I'm a lifestyle designer. I deal with this a lot. Christina also tends to deal with this stuff a lot. So we can make another episode on that if you guys want it. Um, send us an email, leave a comment sort of thing if you really want to see that. But 
having a general idea of how to budget so that when you graduate college, you understand, okay, I know I'm going to need to make at least this amount of month to live is really, really extraordinarily helpful. Um, and then knowing that even beforehand, knowing it in high school, having a general idea of, okay, here's all the things that I'm going to need to spend and here's how much they cost can make it so that you have a huge leg up when you're leaving high school. Mm-hmm. And it also helps you not have mental breakdowns because you can't make <laughs> payment. Okay. That's very important guys. Like, <laughs> it's not, it, it seems very like daunting and hashtag adulting, but you know, you need to learn like how much is your housing going to cost and okay, your housing should not cost more than a third of your paycheck, things like that. Like, you know, you need to be able to budget in a way where you're living within the means and you're not going to kill yourself over like the fact that you can't right. make a payment or, you know, pay your rent and then get kicked out and now you're homeless, right? We don't want that. Right. We need to set you up for success. So think about a lot of these different things. And I think... Everybody kind of looks at this stuff with like a lot of dread, like, I don't want to do this. Like, why should I? But in my case, I've always kind of seen it as like a, it's always fun for me. Um, Part of it might be because I love competition and being able to like game the system seems like fun. Um, But I've always kind of looked forward to being able to set a budget and see, you know, what I can afford and what, you know, I need to pay. And like, oh, if I, if I cut out this over here, then I can afford to do this other thing. And I get actually really excited about that. I don't think it's something that you need to look at as being particularly dreadful. Um, And of course we say, you know, adulting as like, it's a, it's a bad thing, but I really personally don't think it is. I think it makes a lot of sense to be able to do this and also to be able to actually have fun doing it and to Mm -hmm. look forward to doing it um only you have fun doing it just kidding (laughs) I get excited too when I'm budgeting but I'm just like hmm Michelle Michelle feels like bliss doing this like how I wouldn't (laughs) I wouldn't call it bliss but I would say like being able to especially tax I'm a weirdo with taxes for sure we can say that um But being able to say, like, okay, I know I do this addiction, and I know next year if I were to leave the country for 130 days and set up this corporation sort of thing, I wouldn't have to pay any taxes at all because of the amount of money. Like, being able to, to figure out kind of the loopholes is always a lot of fun to me. And you can find ways to make it fun. Let's just end it with that. <laughs> and that'll be another episode. <laughs> yeah. One episode for uh, budgeting, one episode for taxes. Mm-hmm. Um. And then the last tip for budgeting, just to make it easier to give you like a, a starting point, is you need to be able to understand how much it costs for you to live, period, each month. So one of the ways to do this is if you have a bank account, um, try and put everything on like into that debit card bank account for one month and just look at the amounts and then go through and put them in categories. Or you can actually pick up an app like um, Mint, for instance, or like a, another finance tracking app. Um, but just before you graduate college, uh, try and get a decent idea of what it would cost to live in your area without your parents' influence. And then yeah. if you're already in college listening to this, keep track of your expenses for a month. You already have some, I'm sure. <laughs> um, like, yeah, that's really a good point. There are some like um, there are some budget sheets like they're just spreadsheets or Google sheets that we can definitely link into the notes. And basically um, you punch in like, this is how much you would pay every month. If you were living by yourself in an apartment, Um, this is like 
how much food you would buy, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's just a really simple breakdown, but it helps you like get an idea. And that's something that you should definitely look into. And I actually do recommend using some sort of finance tracking application, um, especially in the modern age that we're dealing with today. It, it tends to be a lot less overwhelming than staring at a spreadsheet. For me personally, I don't use, I love this stuff, but I hate staring at Excel spreadsheets. I just, I'm like, why do I need, like, I'd but rather you're just. you're a weirdo. Like, you can like taxes, but not spreadsheets. And I'm like, I don't like taxes, but I like spreadsheets. <laughs> That's you how we get along. Christina made spreadsheets for her vacation, guys. I okay, think. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> My travel buddy made spreadsheets for our vacation. Okay. You liked it though. All right. <laughs> I, did. I was, I was very, I was just like, this is the man of my dreams. But <laughs> That's another story for another day. Okay. It, but this is, this is a perfect example though of like Christina has her way of making it accessible and easier to maintain for her. And I have my own way of doing it for me. I actually like doing it by hand um like get a piece of paper out and like writing it out and like you know scribbling and crossing things out my notebooks are a mess but that works for me so being able to figure that out you'll figure it out it it just make sure that it actually works for you yeah figure out what works is very important and Um, also one quick thing michelle um is to note that if you use a debit card or a credit card i think debit cards um if if you have one debit card that you use that you have a monthly allowance and that's how much you can spend on food entertainment and all that uh living expenses aside from maybe rent um what you can do is go online some banks have done a really great job of dissecting kind of your payments for you already so you can Mm -hmm. Um, go online and go into your account and look up like where your money is going. And that's what I just did this morning. I looked at like, oh, okay. So I spend like 30% of my pay on food and 20% on transportation because gas, right? So um, things like this is definitely very helpful for you. Thank you for that perfect segue because the next thing is um, how the credit system works. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) So, um, I think most people are familiar with the idea that in the United States, at least, we have a credit score that you get. Um, And knowing what that credit score is based on and how to use a credit card and how to actually effectively negotiate for credit cards, how to get a good rate, what is a good deal, those are skills that you're really going to want to know just because in order to rent an apartment, for instance, you need to have some sort of credit. It's actually much more difficult if you have a totally clean slate to rent an apartment than it is sometimes even if you don't have particularly good credit. Um, and the reason I say before high school, you need to have this done is because you, if you're in college even, and you are halfway through and you're like, oh, I'm gonna move off campus, having good credit and having a history of credit can make it significantly easier for you to do that than say you're somebody and you're like, oh, I'm getting my first credit card right now. That's typically not a good idea. I don't like the fact that in the United States, you virtually need to have a credit card in order to be able to get an apartment. But understanding how that works and being able to use that system to your advantage is incredibly important. Um, I'm going to have links below that specifically talk about how the credit system works. Um, I have an awesome video I'm going to share with you guys. It's down in the link. It is um, by Graham Stephen. He has a kind of common credit myths. He talks specifically about... um, the, the real misconceptions that you see out right now in terms of, you know, oh, I need to have as few credit cards as possible or to have a good amount of credit. Or if I close a credit card, it's really going to mess with my credit. He talks specifically about the ins and outs of that. Check that out below pretty please. Um, it's a great video. Uh, but being able to understand how to avoid 
the dangers of credit cards because they are inherently dangerous. They are set up to make money off of you as the consumer, but also understanding how to use those in your favor in high school means that you have a huge, huge leg up on your counterparts later on in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, also knowing that you have uh, or are entitled to at least one free credit check a year. And certain banking companies will actually specifically update a monthly credit score check now as well. So just mm-hmm. things like that. Um, again, check out the description for this one. It's a complicated topic that I don't want to dive into right now, but I have all the things that you're going to need to know to really get a your head around what that is in the description. Yeah, that can um, be another episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you guys, again, if you guys want deep dives on any of these topics, send us an email. Let us know if you really would like to see more of, you know, I can just sit down and break this stuff down for you guys. I do not mind. We can make that a specific episode. Just let us know. Um, Apartment. <laughs> Renting an apartment. <laughs> um, I've had four apartments now, I think. Something like that. So this is something that renting an apartment is, um, again, the reason I I talked about credit right before this is you need to have good credit typically, or you need to have some history of credit in order to rent an apartment. You need to understand how the rental system works and what you are entitled to in your state as a renter before you rent an apartment and before you leave high school. There are certain states, Arkansas, I'm looking at you, that have horrible, horrible rentals rights, and you need to know what you're getting yourself into before you rent an apartment. And it's really important. If anybody in this, for some reason, is listening from Arkansas, please, 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 please understand your rights before you get an apartment. That state is particularly predatory. I'm calling them out. So, <laughs> But don't the chances of you moving to Arkansas is likely low. So <laughs> actually, I, mean, I can't really say that, but I mean, we have listeners from Wisconsin and all these cool places. So, um, but in yeah. fact, when I moved across the country, my husband and I packed up everything in a minivan and we drove. Arkansas was by far our favorite state to stay in. It was really, yes, it was the best. <laughs> oh, I was just like, it's like in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and I'm going to get so much hate in the comments for this, but Texas was the worst. I'm sorry, guys. I think I just hit you at a bad time. Like Texas was awful and it was too Okay, crazy. wait, so <laughs> you didn't, did you go through, what, did you go through like Waco, like all the like, all that cool, cool stuff going on in no. HGTV. Oh, no, no, no. Houston was under uh, construction. There was like a, uh, a windstorm and just couldn't sleep because of coyotes. And like, it was just, it was a particularly bad, nobody was friendly in that particular time I went. I don't know. I think I just, uh, I would give Texas another chance someday. I promise. But okay, yeah. Arkansas was the best. <laughs> so as <laughs> much, as much crap as I'm giving Arkansas about their renting policies, um, Arkansas is actually a really, really nice underrated state. I think when it comes to just visiting and, and the landscape, I think is gorgeous. I loved it. Oh, okay. So we'll have to check that out. <laughs> That's a cool slide. Um, yeah. back to, back to the list. Um, so the next one is how the healthcare system works. Yes. Um, this one is specifically for the United States. You do want to have an idea if you're listening from another country in the world, uh, of how your healthcare system works, but there's a pretty decent chance that you already do. If you're from a country that has a healthcare system that is government mandated and it's free for the citizens, you're in a pretty good shape. You don't have as much to worry about in the United States. Unfortunately, we have this extra burden where you really do, by the time you graduate high school, need to have an idea of how health insurance works and how healthcare payouts work. Again, this is one that you're really going to want to check out the links below for. Um, It's a very, very complicated topic. I'm going to make it as simple as possible for you guys, I promise. 
Um, but in this particular case, the healthcare system in the United States, um, because it's entirely private healthcare, there's it's really, really easy to end up in medical debt. It's very, very easy to end up in insured. Um, we typically don't have um, dental care offered by most jobs in the United States at this point. There's just certain particular pitfalls you need to be aware of and keep an eye out for. Um, also, healthcare in the United States is typically managed by the company that you work for. And our healthcare system has an open season where once a year you get to change and pick your healthcare plan. So knowing that that's coming, understanding how that works and knowing what to look for in a healthcare plan is really, really important, especially because it's directly tied into your job. And this is why it falls into when I said job, apartment, car. Healthcare actually falls into the job category because the United States has an interesting system. <laughs> oh, I just remember dealing with like, just like getting a simple like checkup or something. It was mm-hmm. so convoluted. Um, it was just like, there's so many hoops and nothing was really organized. Like guys, do yourselves a favor and like really learn about this process. I believe open enrollment if for like, uh, people who aren't employed and you want to do something like Medicaid or uh, like Obamacare, um, I believe that time is towards the end of the year. And it's in October. It's, yes. it's everybody. Open season in the United States is from October to December. Yes, there you go. And the <laughs> best time I would say is November because that's when they really do update everything. Because like October, I feel like they still don't have everything ready. They legally, I believe, need to. I can double check on that if you really would like and um, get yeah. back to you. But in this particular case, um, it kind of depends on your job more than it does anything else in terms of the healthcare options that you have, what makes the most sense for you, what is offered. Mm-hmm. Um also, if you are ever interested in becoming a freelancer or having your own business, healthcare becomes an entirely different animal at that point. I'm not going to dive into it in this podcast. We could talk about that in the future if you guys are interested. Um, but being able to get healthcare through an employer versus being able to get healthcare through um, yourself, marketplace and yourself, yes, those are two different systems. So you're going to want to understand generally what healthcare is going to look like from being employed. In the United States right now, you can stay on your parents' health insurance until you are 26. That is not um, something that has been repealed, that stays. Uh, So that's an option that you have, but I still think it's very important to understand how the healthcare is affected by the job market specifically. That's what I want you guys to focus on. Even though you may not actually be moving your healthcare because you're not 26 yet, you want to be able to understand if my job does offer what do I look for? What is the value of this? Mm-hmm. And another thing that we can bring up is that if you do decide to go to a four-year university, sometimes your university will also have healthcare. So for those that you, mm-hmm. of you that don't have maybe parents um, insurances to to be uncovered under um, because of your special circumstances, what have you, definitely go to your university. Go into uh, I would say uh, student life counseling like it's like student affairs will have you um and ask them like what department or who you can contact to learn more about health insurance and they can hook you up so at least you know you have something Um, and then if you are in the university there's usually school clinics that you can go to um some schools have better clinics than others we won't get into that but just know that that's a resource 
Yeah. And a lot of schools actually require that you have health insurance to be on campus. So if you do not have health insurance, they will require that you purchase the university one. So that's something to know yeah. going forward. Yeah. Um, and also that you like have to be vaccinated or something for certain um, viruses. Yeah. Yep. yeah. That's pretty normal. Um, and then, so jumping down to uh, the reason that I said that car is on this list, you need to know how to get a car is actually because even if you're not going to get a car, and honestly, I recommend if you don't need a car, don't get one. Um, the reason you want to know how that system works is because it's an excellent way to look at loan management. If you're going to college, you're going to have to deal with loans, typically, unless you have a, you know, somebody paying for it entirely out of pocket or you have a great savings plan. Um, being able to get a car is kind of the next time in life after college where you're going to need to understand the way the loan systems work. Um, so if you understand from the get go, kind of what to look for into a car, generally how to take care of one, you don't need to know like the, the basics on how to change your oil, but you need to know you need to get an oil change every three months or 3000 miles, <laughs> like mm. having a general knowledge of how that system works. Um, the loan system for cars is a pretty good way to kind of wrap your head around how loans work in the United States as a whole. And it's something that you can look at before you have to get a mortgage. Um, you're also going to want to make sure that you understand that a car is not an asset at all. It gets you from point A to point B. It's a form of transportation, but it's not something where you buy a car and you're like, oh, great, I'm going to sell this for more money. The second you drag the car off a lot, it, it loses money instantly. Yeah, it depreciates. Um, yes. yes. And so being able to understand this car as a depreciating asset, something that loses money the second you have it um or the longer it stays unsold in some cases and then understand how the loan affects that that's something that i think gets you in a really really solid spot so that you can understand the basics and how to manage other loans that may come your way like a mortgage in the future specifically um mm -hmm. because those those have different parts to the system but if you have a solid knowledge on how loans work you're going to be set up for success in that particular case um student loans by the way the reason i don't have student loans as a thing we did a whole episode on student loans by the way that's episode five go check it out if you have not seen that one um student loans they're really great for understanding the loan system but they don't have the same kind of value attached to the thing that you're getting the loan for so i think cars is actually a really good way that you can start looking at okay what is what makes sense here i know i'm going to lose money on this car where the house is kind of a gamble whether or not you're going to lose or gain money it makes us mm -hmm. be able to wrap your head around that concept. But also with the car, if you do decide to buy one, hot tip, think about the resale value of the car when you go to buy it. Um, but again, like Michelle said, it is a tool to get you from point A to point B. If you can go buy a bicycle and you can bike to work, bike to work. It is so much healthier for you. You yeah. save on gas, you save on registration fees, you save on maintenance fees. Um, you're healthier. You get your workout every day. Um, like literally, this is what we do in Europe. So right, like, do that. Yeah. Um, just a caveat to what Christina said. Um, when you're looking at car management, like car buying, yeah, you want to look at the resale fees, but you really never ever want to count on that money. Just so you know, um, because by the time you're driving the car, it may decide that it has a catastrophic mechanical failure and you cannot resell that car. And that's actually not that uncommon. So you never want to look at the car as if you're getting an auto loan, 
um, which I honestly do not suggest you do. I honestly fully suggest that you buy secondhand cars. You're going to want to understand how the system works at the very least and, and have it through the perspective of, I will technically lose, I will never make this money back. This is just an investment I'm making into transportation and then knowing the extra fees that come on top of that, that Christina just listed out in terms of, you know, the maintenance, the gas, et cetera. That's a way to both practice the understanding of loans and budgeting. Exactly. Yep. And understand that, you know, the, the car and what have you is, yeah, it's, it's just a tool and I lost my train of thought. Crap. Um. <laughs> it's a tool and it's not a necessary one. I'm just saying, understand the systems that you need to, in order to essentially deal with one, because that is something that ends up applying to a lot of other situations that you may have to deal with in the future. Yes. And you said buy secondhand. And so oh, yeah. guys, let's go off the street and buy a secondhand, buy secondhand from like a certified people reseller, but well, just making sure that we, I mean, buy from a trusted source. On it, let's, that would be a whole, this is part of the, this is why it's like, you need to understand how to have a car though. I've, I've had second, I've only had secondhand cars at this point. <laughs> I've had multiple mm-hmm. ones to deal with. Uh, my father actually has become a bit of an expert in buying secondhand cars because he finds that a lot of fun. But um, in, in you need to know how to recognize what makes a good car, what makes a bad car. <laughs> when it comes to buying secondhand, it, it's more about, you know, being able to identify the hallmarks. So understanding mm-hmm. just generally how to have a car if you need to get one, that's super, super important. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on to the next item. Yes. Um, So regardless of whether or not you're going to college, you are going to have a job because that's how you make money in the world. (laughs) So you're going to need to understand the general career path uh, that that job will get you and whether or not it's something you actually want to do. So if you're interested in a specific career path, you want to look at, okay, what are the options? How does this branch off? Um, this is more true for more established like professions than some of the really new ones. Like if you're going to out, go out there and be a content creator, for instance, that's very new. So there's not really this established hierarchy, but if you're going into engineering, sciences, healthcare, um, sometimes even programming, you're going to want to understand, okay, well, if I get this entry level position here, then the next step up is this. And the next step up is this. Um, understanding that beforehand and then how careers can kind of, lattice into each other because it's not a career ladder by the way it's career lattice (laughs) um you're going to want to understand okay if i want to get this position here are the stepping stones to get there does that make sense that explain that right all right (laughs) no you did and i think i think you're literally you are just explaining the tip of the iceberg and i think this is definitely another episode is talking about career paths and career air quote lattices um their own episode except writing a check so (laughs) (laughs) exactly so this is like this is the table of contents guys (laughs) that's that's Um, why and i'll say it again this is why i was like if you guys want to hear more about this let us know we will do dedicated episodes for this um and i do believe we want to do a dedicated episode on career paths um absolutely so you know send us let us know get us up online find us send us an email let us know. Leave us a nice review. <laughs> Michelle is so informed and Christina has a pretty voice. <laughs> Just send us love notes. I mean, that'd be nice too, but I care a whole lot less about that and a whole lot more about informing you. 
but that's just my personality. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I mean, I just bring you some joy to the podcast, you know. I appreciate it. Like and subscribe. Does that apply? No, I don't think it does. Um. <laughs> it does. It does, actually. Oh, really? Like and subscribe. So, yes. If you subscribe to us, you'll get a little notification every time we have a new episode drop. I think which, we just revealed yeah. who manages the podcast. It's not me. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's good. <laughs> this is the- Michelle's the, the primary host, and Christina is the executive producer. That's kind of how we jive. Kind of, actually. That's pretty good. You like spreadsheets. I mean, it works. <laughs> there you go. Um, all right. And so the last thing that we have on our list, uh, and this one is, I think, the thing that will get you the furthest out of all of the information that we have on here is how to network. And any introvert listening to this is like going, oh, no, (laughs) I'm sure. Um, But out of all of these, if you can figure out how to network, you will add yourself in a better situation than you would have otherwise not knowing that. Um, So 90, I'm this, I'd be making up a statistic, so I'm not going to, but I know for a fact, the majority of the jobs that exist in the world never make it onto the market. Or if they do, they typically go to somebody who has an in with the company, for instance. I'm sure you guys know that's true as well. Um, It's one of those, if you're looking for a role to fill, your first thought will be, who do I know that can do this? Oh, let me reach out to them. It's a natural thing that humans tend to do. I know Christina and I both having our own businesses. If we need something done, we automatically think, oh, I should probably talk to such and such. Sometimes the job listings never go live just because you already have somebody on your mind who would fit that role. So being able to have a professional network and expand that is humongous in terms of being able to uh, make your way through a particular career path, being able to make more money. And it also can end up helping in terms of um, if you need to get an apartment and somebody else is like, hey, I'm leaving my apartment soon. Let me give you this. It's one of those being able to connect with and maintain connections with people will get you extremely far in life. Yeah. And I I think that um, that goes into that old adage of um, it's not what you know, it's who you know, unfortunately, um, which can be frustrating for some of us. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's really, it's really who you know, and it's not what you know. So network, 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 and talk to as many people as possible. This is not to say like, you know, to put, if you're an introvert, it's not to put you in a very uncomfortable position. It's to find ways for you to connect with people, maybe on a more personal level. Oh, so yeah. if you're an extrovert, you just want to be like around everybody. And trust me, I have a friend who's like that. And I'm like, I don't know how you do it, dude. Um, <laughs> and then I have other friends who are like, we just connect on a more personal level. So we just like smaller crowds. And but right. then like you really, really get to know other people and then you get to understand that person and what they do. And then you can tell them what you do. So like networking, um, this is something that Michelle and I, I'm sure we do all the time because we run our own businesses. So we need to put ourselves out there. Um, right. But yeah, definitely. A, it's a part of life. You need to get your you need to learn how to market your skills. basically, right. And that will be the with the episode of career paths, I think we can put that yeah. in there. Um, but in when it comes to networking, one of the things I want you guys to understand, especially for anybody who's just uncomfortable with the idea, is you're not going to mixers and like being like, "Oh, I do this. What do you do? Oh, I do that." Like that's that's not actually helpful. <laughs> in that exact voice. <laughs> um, 
I mean, honestly, though, sometimes I've been to these kind of meetings and I play it back in my head with that voice because that's just what it sounds like. But like when it comes to networking, I don't find that those are particularly valuable connections ever. Uh, I've been to like three of those like networking mixers and I don't have any contacts from them anymore. I just don't. Um, I'd never find it particularly useful. Everybody's kind of looking to get something from everybody else. I actually much prefer, prefer um, the more social media networking that's happening nowadays. Uh, social media is humongous for this. You can network like crazy without ever getting out from behind your computer screen, which is not actually super healthy for you, but it's really useful sometimes. <laughs> it's not very healthy. Um, Don't do that, guys. Only in my business, I made bad choices, just saying. Um, <laughs> but like, <laughs> you can do this without having to put a ton of social strain on yourself. My One of my sisters, she's an introvert. And, and in her case, I've been kind of coaching her through this process. And a lot of it has been more about... Um, just being able to understand that you can send a message to somebody online. You can add somebody on Facebook, for instance, if you have your Facebook as like a, here's my professional showcase, you can then, you know, say, Hey, I'm just reaching out. Cause I thought you were, saw you're interested in something super similar. I thought it would be really nice to get to know you or being able to understand how to network on social media is super important. And then how to do it in real life is helpful too. Um, but you don't have to, attend a thousand mixers you never ever have to attend a mixer to be totally honest i don't think it's worth it so <laughs> um, well try it and see if you like it like some people flourish in that condition yeah. we're not saying like you know don't do this or don't do that just like keep your options mm -hmm. open and know that there are many different channels in which you can network right yeah. and you can really like it's just really fine again finding a system that works for you and i think one of the best things that you can we'll we'll talk about this in a future episode for sure but one of the best things you can do is be able to quickly communicate what you do in a way that is very interesting to other people and i'll definitely explain more about how to do that in a future episode um but being able to you know come across like saying you're in a co-working environment like christina works in a lot um if you show up and you're like, oh, I'm I'm a designer, so nobody's going to remember that. <laughs> so I think more it's about like, there is an aspect of you have to market yourself. And the more prevalence that we see of social media coming really to life in the way it impacts the career world, the fact that LinkedIn is essential for some careers and being able to get into certain industries, like you do need to have an idea of how to market yourself. And then once you do that, networking actually becomes very easy. Yes. Yes. But that will be a future episode. Yep. And I, this is this is definitely um, a longer um, form podcast. Um, so I think we should wrap it yeah. up and just kind of walk through kind of the hit list of items that you should definitely leave high school knowing now that it's um, graduation season. Congratulations, by the way, if you are graduating or have graduated by the time this podcast comes out. Um, and, uh, so the skills that you should learn before leaving high school, you should know everything you need to know to get a job, an apartment and a car on your own. Um, because college is optional, mm -hmm. how to write a check, how to do your taxes, basic budgeting, like budgeting your lifestyle expenses and income and credit. Credit um, management as well. Uh, yeah. And that, um, and setting and maintaining, um, the budget of course we just said that and then how to rent an apartment um what is the process like the contract signing process blah 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 
Um, and then healthcare, how does that work for you? Um, what are the different options for you? Um, do you do it? Do are you covered under your parents, or do you get one from the school? Um, or if you're older than 26, do you go through something like Medicare? Um, thinking about how to make doctor appointments on general, like being aware of that process as well. And then what other career paths for the, like what, what the career path for the jobs that you're looking to be in um, looks like. So um, this is going to be another episode for sure. Um, and then learning how to um, network. Mm -hmm. Am I missing anything? No. Oh, loan management. And like how to manage. I think that. you brought that up. I mean, with the the finance thing. Oh yeah. Um. Exactly. But yeah, I mean, really, what it comes down to is, by the time you graduate college, you need to understand how to get and maintain a job, how to get and maintain an apartment, and how to get and maintain a car. Once you have all those mm -hmm. three things down, you typically will learn the skills that you need to do anything else. Um. We do have a separate uh list in terms of like things you want to learn how to do with you know, careers, and, and we can dive into any of these topics a little bit deeper. Again, I've said this so many times, but if you do want to hear one of these, we will be making an episode about career paths and how to manage that. But if you want to hear anything in here um, in a more in-depth episode, please let us know. I would be happy to talk about this for another hour. Uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. Not going to do that this mm -hmm. time, though. We really just wanted to give you guys an overview and fill you in on the information that you might be missing in terms of just having a general idea of what you actually should know. Because if there's any theme in this podcast, we say it need to know for a reason. Like you have this environment where schools are kind of giving kids this free reign and they say, okay, have fun now, but they don't even tell them what they actually need to know coming out of school. And that's one of the big things we want to equip you guys with. It's just at least at the very, very least, a list of things that you should go learn for yourself because you're going to need it. Yeah. And to, to wrap up the show with a final thought, I think it's nice to understand or keep in mind that the chances of you using any of the topics we we have stated thus far in, in this particular episode, as well as everything we've talked about in the entire show so far, compared to maybe like calculus, like <laughs> you're going to use the stuff we talk about in, in the, this podcast more than, I don't know, calculus. I mean, everything we talked about, yeah, everything we talked about but, in this episode, 100% you will need to know. Yeah. As a functioning human of, of the society. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, I mean, and that's why we're here and you know, you can't, I remember going again, back to the, um, the art uh, program and, telling students like you can't live under your parents shield and love for the rest of your life you need to learn to be independent mm -hmm. and um this episode sets you up for yep. that um so it's very important cool um i i'm good do you have any last nope. thoughts just again reach out if you guys want to hear anything else we're always open uh, to hearing from you guys and uh we'll see you next time yes see you next week Hey guys, we hope this was a value-packed episode for you. Are there any questions you'd like us to answer in the future? Send an email to needtoknow.cm at gmail.com. If you liked it, please smash that subscribe button, leave us a review, and tell your friends. Make sure to check out the show notes for resources. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.